This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, and give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Welcome to 51st Dates. This is episode 38 and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. How are you this morning? Um, the beach was good. Biking was good. Um, LA is actually, it's not even that warm today, so I'm feeling great. The high is only going to be 75. So it's been, it's always, it always feels like a long week. Um, this week, okay, right now I have two things in my mind. One, I really need to have that difficult conversation. I'm supposed to see that guy tonight at some time, who knows, and um, have that conversation. And I keep going over and over in my head and I don't know how to frame it. So I am in one of two minds. I mean, okay, so what I'm learning is I think that boundaries and needs are two sides of the same thing. And instead of flaming out, which is what I would, I, I, look, I'm a person who says I'm out and I mean it. I want to walk in and go, look, you don't like me. You don't want to date me. You just want to see me casually, sort of, kind of, maybe um, you're weird about that. And I'm out. And I just want to rock away and go, I'm out. Um, but I'm having a more mature part of me that's not a flame out drama queen who wants to say, look, I told you that I liked you. You said that you didn't have feelings for me and then you won't go away. Um, and what, what would you suggest I do with that? I mean, part of me just wants to put the ball in, in his court and say, look, what should I do? Should I sit around and wait for you to figure out what you want in life and what it is is not me? And then when you finally figure that out, just like ditch me, like wh- why would I stay around for that? You know, and I keep thinking, okay, so if I loved myself, what would I do? Would I, <laughs> well, if I love myself, I always feel like I should just flame out and be like, F you, I'm done. I'm walking out the door. Um, but instead what I did was shopped for a gift for him and then went to the paper source, which I found out has individual pieces of wrapping paper, spent $5 on individual wrapping paper and wrapped a lovely gift for him. Um, I call the gift a Trojan horse, you know, basically it's like, here's this lovely wrapped gift, but what's inside is like a ticking time bomb of my unexpressed needs and emotions. (laughs) How horrible is that, right? So, um, you know, he doesn't know what he's walking into. Uh, You know, I don't know. I honestly just don't know how to get out of a situationship. I don't think... I want it to, wow, 
I, okay. One of the things that people talk about is that we sort of create or invent this like idea of a relationship in our head and what we are trying to achieve is this, whatever the ideal is or whatever we've created or in the alternative, like I'm a little sad because I'm grieving the idea of what it is. And I feel like I haven't done that. But whenever I bump up against the idea of, of what if I say to this guy, I'm, I need X, I need a real relationship. And he says, okay, then what? Because part of me thinks that he has, doesn't have the capability to do it. And I don't want to walk into a situation with somebody who I believe is incapable and only to get hurt more later. Um, I don't know. I mean, I literally don't know what I'm going to say, but I will say something because it always seems like this time of year, I come back from the summer, I have a reckoning, and then I decide that I, that what is in my life feels intolerable. And what I want is I don't want to spend so much energy and time thinking about somebody who doesn't want to be in my life in a way that I would want, not from him, but from a partner. And I don't even know how to do that. But I was reading, I was reading, I'm always reading, but I think yesterday I was watching this um, Matthew Hussey interview um, on a podcast called Women of Impact. It also has a YouTube channel. And I keep watching it because he keeps saying, if somebody says they don't want to be in a relationship, it is just a preview of how they're going to hurt you. And the thing is, like, I, I've tried to get out. Like, every time I'm like, he's like, I don't want a relationship. I'm like, okay, then I don't think we should see each other. And then he calls me and then I cave. And that's the problem. I need to either block him or somehow communicate the seriousness with which I would like to end things. I can't even tell you. I have had zero problems ending things with anyone ever. I am such a flame out, you know, the hell with you person um, that I can't figure out no matter how much self-examination I uh, engage in why this one won't go away or why every time I think about walking away like it feels like I said this to somebody recently it feels like cutting off a limb and it's the weirdest feeling because I don't have that feeling about anybody and the thing is like I like this guy I do not love him I am not in love with him I don't know him well enough for that and yet it feels really brutal to cut him out which is why he's not out so I don't know how to navigate. I feel like, I always feel like, if I just cut him out, then I will be free. I will not spend any more time thinking about him. I will mourn whatever the grief of not having him in my life went part-time. I don't even know. And then I can move on wholeheartedly to somebody else. And, and part of me still believes that I can't, 
enter into like a new relationship if I have this lingering thing and I really want a partnership. I was reading something um, and actually I think I cut it out and put it on my um, mirror um, in my bedroom. And the quote is from Heather Haverleski, who is a writer who has an advice column called um, Ask Polly that moves around a lot. I think it was in the cut, but now it's on Substack. And she said this, she, I, 90% I think of advice columns are really the same relationship question over and over again, which is, is this behavior coming from my partner okay and should I stay or should I go and when people are asking those questions it feels like 90% of the time the answer is you should go and but she said she said this you want a full life with a grown adult who loves you like crazy so keep fighting for that don't accept less this world is full of love and nothing is more precious than someone who is broken and afraid but still willing Nothing is better than lying on the beach together in the cold sand talking about the fish you'll catch with your badly made spirit tomorrow. Somehow, some way. Um, the last couple of sentences refer to something earlier. She talked about like if you were stranded on a desert island with the sky, then what? And that's what I want. I think I want a full life with an adult who loves me like crazy and who is not ambivalent toward my myriad of charms. And... I don't have that. And I settling for anything less than that feels like a self-betrayal or living outside of integrity. And that's where I am. I think this guy doesn't love me like crazy. <laughs> he doesn't even like me. I do, actually, I don't even know how he feels toward me. I could ask again. I haven't asked in a while. Um, and... I'm going to be honest, depending on the day, I might get a different answer. Sometimes he's like schmoopy schmoopy and sometimes he's really ambivalent. And of course, um, as I don't know what's walking in the door, so we'll find that out. But if he doesn't love me like crazy, then why am I wasting my time? Because I'm only getting older. Time is the only thing I can't get back. Um, it marches forward. Life is really, really short, and I'd like to live it with someone who loves me like crazy. I think that's not a lot to ask. I've always thought it was a lot to ask, but I'm starting to think that it's not a lot to ask. And if this person can't do that, which I, he can't, then... I need to let it go, even if it feels like cutting off a limb, even if it hurts. Because the greater gift is out there. I just have to find it. Chapter 38, The Hiker, September 29. Got up, ate a soft boiled egg, went to yoga, took a long shower, got ready for my second date with the hiker. If it were up to me, I'd have met for brunch at one of the beach restaurants in Santa Monica or Malibu, the kind with a red-vested valet 
and an obsequious hostess. I'd have dined on a tiny entree served on beautiful white china on pristine white tablecloths while the waves beat against the sand, Santa Monica, or rocks, Malibu. Instead, I got this text. The hiker. Good morning, Jolie. Do you like Venice Beach? Venice Beach. Remember Zen Guy, Venice Beach? Remember my second to last date with Classic Car Guy? The one where we'd planned a weekend together, but he left to meet with a private investigator and chase down his kidnapped kids? Venice Beach. I should have said something the night before, but I was busy driving to freaking Glendale. The hiker. Hi, Jolie. What's your availability this weekend? Me? Good evening. Great to hear from you. I'm free Sunday after yoga. How about you? The hiker. That's after 10 a.m., correct? Lunch on Sunday? Me? Yes, after 10. Lunch would be great. Where would you like to meet? The hiker. I can come over your way, the grove, or, if you want, toward the beach areas. Me? The beach would be nice. Maybe Santa Monica or Venice or even Marina del Rey. The hiker, I will get back to you with a proposal for a location. The next morning, the one above. The hiker, good morning, Jolie. Do you like Venice Beach? Me, yes. I actually go walking there fairly often with a friend who lives close by. This is true, but we usually walk along the strands south of the tourist and busker-filled Muscle Beach area. The hiker, great. What time is good for you? It will be very casual, blue jeans and tennis shoes. Me, 11 onwards. About to leave for yoga. Let me know what works and I'll meet you there. The hiker, let's say 12. After yoga, he still hadn't pinned down a location. Planning was weirdly hard for these guys. Me, okay, perfect. Let me know where you'd like to meet. I have to head out soon in order to get across town in time. The hiker, let's meet at the main restaurant on the boardwalk. I forget the name. Next to the souvenir shop, La La Land. I will call you when I have parked. So one thing I've learned about myself as I age is that I am a planner. I really, really hate last-minute plans. I did it with Classic Car Guy because he really gave me no choice. Sex with the emotionally unavailable hot guy came at a price. I was willing to pay. With the hiker, not so much. So I took my no-plan anxious self from West Hollywood to Venice. Once you get past a street called Abbot Kinney, Venice becomes crowded with narrow streets and parking from hell. $18 parking from hell. While I was on Venice Boulevard, about a half mile from the Pacific Ocean, I got a text. He'd pulled into a lot near the beach and was happy to pay my parking. I took him up on the offer. I only had $12 in my wallet, enough for valet plus tip. Not enough for self-parking. It was a kind offer. He met me there and we walked to the beach. If you check out the pictures on Instagram from that date, you'll recognize it. It's the corner where I met Zen Guy. The restaurant was the same one where I ate with Classic Car Guy. Venice isn't big enough for my dating adventures. So we walked and ate at the Sidewalk Cafe. I'd ordered the same salad as before. Like Classic Car Guy, the hiker got pasta. When the hell was up with that? I ate. I was funny and charming. He mentioned that he didn't eat condiments or salad dressing. Like this food plain. He paid for lunch. He carried my stuff. He listened to all my crazy theories on the brain's neuroplasticity and writing. I was the, quote, real girl. He told me that he was shy and introverted. I learned that he'd been married, was the stepfather of two children, who are now parents themselves and back in Denmark. One of my superpowers is reading people. It works with 90% of the population. 
it doesn't work with people of the opposite sex where I'm interested in them, which is why it completely didn't work on Classic Car Guy or Thunderbolt. They remain completely opaque to me. But it worked well on The Hiker. I would not, it would not be too much to say that he was quite charmed by me. What in the hell did I do with that? I swear to God, if you were 10 years younger, I might give it a try. Now I'm stuck with a guy who's lovely, who I'd probably like if you were younger and a filmmaker or author. Not a logistical expert in moving stuff from one part of the world to another in shipping containers. I talked a lot about my love of artists, so when I got home, I had a text for him. The hiker. Jolie, I enjoyed our conversations a lot. This was followed by pictures from some of the mountains, as well as beautiful slides of Disney Concert Hall in downtown LA, Niagara Falls, and the sunset over the ocean. Also pictures from the snowy peak of some mountain, the place where he says he finds Zen. I talked to some friends, I went to a movie, then I texted back four hours later. Yes, if Thunderbolt had texted, I'd have replied in less than a few seconds. Me? Wow, these pictures are amazing. I have to say I'm partial to the last three. I'll take your word on the Zen of the Mountains. Thanks so much for lunch and conversation. I had a good time. All of that was true. I put down my phone, got on my laptop, and Googled what to do when you catch feelings for your friend with benefits slash fuck buddy. I'm going to be honest. I am not sure that that was honest. Um... That, the hiker. Did I like him? I didn't. He was not my type. And I think now I know why. I mean, age notwithstanding, he was in his 50s. Um, and I don't know if you'd say a young 50s. Like, he was active and everything. Um, but he did look his age. I think that we were fundamentally incompatible. I think that I'm, like, a pretty open, adventurous high energy person and he was the guy who liked pasta with butter and wasn't particularly adventurous I mean his idea of adventure was going hiking in Yosemite or wherever I can't remember the name of the mountain um where you have to like oh I don't know it wasn't half dome I'm not I'm not gonna remember that but it was he did not, I'm not saying logistics and, you know, pasta with butter makes you like a low adventure person. It's just that in his 50s, some odd years, he didn't have like any sort of answers about what he enjoyed in life, how he lived his life. So he did like photography um, and did that um, as a bit of a hobby, but he said he only takes pictures of buildings or landscapes or something. It's not something he does with other people. And he had just started hiking, um, but you know, really hadn't formed sort of friendships with other people. And he was in his 50s, and he had lived in LA, the LA area, for like 20 years, and his divorce was long done, maybe 10 years. And he really sort of had no friends. I mean, going back to the week before sort of theme, he didn't really have friends and he didn't really have a fulfilling life. Like, I want to meet someone who has, like, their own things going on. Like, I love movies. I love, well, (laughs) like the guy, you know, I met over the summer. I like swing dancing. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. 
um, as long as it's not like, you know, slaughtering children or dogs. It's just I want people to have something interesting, but about which they are also passionate. And I think maybe what he was missing was passion. It was just so bland and not a lot. And the other problem, I'm not going to lie, was that I was probably thinking about Thunderbolt at the same time, who is way more interesting and sexier and funnier and all these other things, emotionally unavailable, but all these other things that this guy wasn't. And I probably should have been more ruthless in my process and not gone out on another date with him. So there are two sort of schools of thought on dating. Um, mine has always been like, if you're uninterested, move on. And, but I paused because there's all these books that suggest that sometimes maybe women, I don't know, maybe men too, don't give people enough of a chance and you can warm up to them, grow attraction over time, all of that. But I don't know if that's true. So if you meet somebody and they're fundamentally uninteresting to you for whatever reason, there's nothing wrong with them, then I don't think you go out on that second date. Because I went out on this second date and then another one after this. And it was just uninteresting. And maybe if I hadn't been spending my time torturing this guy with all of my bubbliness and chattiness, um, we could have both moved on to something or someone more compatible. So I don't think any longer. I think I think nobody gets a second chance. Um, and I talked about this earlier. I think that that filter like a freak has something has some great merit. And I think my plan going forward, should I start dating again? I did put Tinder back on the phone, but I haven't opened the app. And I did, well, I don't know. I think I deleted Hinge because I couldn't figure out how I was supposed to interact based on picture captions. Um, but I haven't opened Tinder yet. I don't even know if it'll have like your old profile or have to set up a new one or if I deleted my account. It's been uh, <laughs> a good, you know, oh my God, like 20 something months. So that's, I'd have to look that up. But so I'm thinking about for real, for real, getting back out there. But I think my strategy has to be different. I think my strategy before has been too open, too open to casual relationships, too open to trying to make something out of nothing. And I think that going forward, I really need to focus on people who want a relationship back those words up with actions and who about whom I am not ambivalent and they're not ambivalent about me. That's not a high bar to clear, but it's one that I think I really need to put in place before I go forward. So I haven't opened Tinder yet and I'm actually, I have to work on writing stuff today. <laughs> I mean, I actually have to do the job. So that maybe next weekend, maybe after I have this difficult conversation, I will stick my toe back in the water or maybe I'll just take a hiatus and save it until January. And then I'll have been off the apps for two full years and maybe 
then I'll have a clearer idea. I don't know when that get back out there part of the equation is going to come into play, but the cut ambivalent people out part really needs to happen now. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.